Welcome to Career and Leadership Real Talk, the no-nonsense guide for ambitious managers who want to have more impact and progress their career. I'm Pamela Langan, a job search coach and expert CV writer specialising in helping frustrated professionals land the jobs and pay rises they know they deserve. And I'm Jackie Jagger, a leadership and mindset coach specialising in helping newly promoted and new to role leaders to avoid the dickhead trap and lead with confidence. Between us, we've helped hundreds of leaders and managers to find new roles, take ownership of their careers, and handle the challenges that job searches and leadership responsibility inevitably bring. And now we're joining forces to share with you what we know has worked for our clients. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode. We have got a belter for you today if you're in job search mode. We have been doing lots of outplacement workshops during the back end of last year and start of this year for teams who are in the process or at risk of being made redundant. And so we've had lots of questions come up that we realized are things that we've not covered on the podcast before and that maybe would be helpful for you if you're in job search mode. So let's get straight to it then, Pam. So one of the hot topics that has been coming up in the job search workshops has been direct or recruiter? Where should I focus my attention in my job search? Should it be on direct applications or on building relationships with recruiters? So that, yeah, so that has been a real hot topic. And th- there's a few different angles to, to this one. Let's just look at the first one. So you find a job that you really like the look of and it's on a job board. And then you go over to the company website and it's also listed on the company website. So what do you do? Where do you apply? So our advice around this is to always apply direct because that shows that you've put in a little bit of extra legwork. That shows that you've been visiting the company website. So you've got that real interest in the company. And most companies will favor those direct applications or they'll review the applications that have come in to them directly before they'll look at the applications that have come in through job boards. Not all of them, but the majority of them and the ones that we've worked with, we'd say that was true, wouldn't we, for them? I certainly, when I was recruiting, I know that I had a bias towards people that had come via the company website or something that I'd maybe posted personally as opposed to those that had come from a generic job board. The benefit of job boards is they make jobs accessible. So for a company, that means they get their vacancy in terms of in front of a lot of potential candidates. For candidates, it means that they get to see a lot of potential opportunities. That means that it's become easy to apply for roles. And that in turn means that from a candidate perspective, it's relatively low effort to apply via a job board. You can normally click the button. It uses your saved version of your CV. That's job done. Like you say, if somebody's gone to the website, if they've seen it, that gives a bit of an ego stroke for the company that this person is interested enough to go and do that. And yeah, just from a psychological perspective, It's not going to make a huge difference, but if you've got the choice, apply via the company website. So another angle for that direct versus the recruiter, obviously, if you are going direct and applying direct to the companies, there's no charge for that placement. So you're going direct 
and the company is able then to to keep their costs low. If you're going through the recruiter, obviously there's a fee there, there's commission that they will need to pay to the recruiter. So if they can do their recruitment direct without involving recruiters, then that's always going to be the preferred option and, and more beneficial to them. However, if your role is a fairly niche role and companies find it quite difficult to find people of your caliber or with the skill set that you've got, then a lot of the time they will use a recruiter. So it's good to have an understanding about what is going on in the job market for the type of roles that you're looking for. And do the recruiters have the monopoly on those roles? And do these companies advertise these roles or do they just go direct through recruiters, which in that case, you would need to get on the radar of the recruiters to make sure that you're you're going to get in front of those employers for the roles when they come up. And I think probably the final bit that we would say with this is don't assume that recruiters have got the monopoly. If you last were in job search mode five, six years ago, then very often your job search could be you're in touch with three or four agencies, you're seeing a number of vacancies coming through from those agencies, you agree which ones you want them to put you forward for, sometimes could be relatively low effort. Now, a lot of companies will advertise themselves first, and then if they struggle to recruit, they will use a recruiter They will potentially use recruiters where they have got overflow and too much recruitment going on. So fast growing companies or companies going through a growth spurt or who've just received a big contract might use a recruiter. But in the main, companies are often trying to save cost by avoiding recruiters where they can. So you will often find just using recruiters might have worked in the past, but you will be limited in the number of opportunities that you'll find if you just go down that route in 2024. Yeah, exactly. And I think at the moment, the the best way to stand out in the job market is to make sure that you're ahead of the game, that you know exactly what's going on and where the best places are to look. Absolutely. So the next hot topic has been salary expectations. And I think this is a perennial thing, isn't it, for candidates when you are in job search mode? How do you know what you should apply for? How do you know where you should pitch yourself? How do you know what to do if a job's advertised and there is no salary bracket? So what kind of quickfire guidance would you have on deciding salary expectations? Yeah, so this is a really common one, isn't it? Because Everyone will say, especially if they've not been in the job market for a while or they feel like the salary that they're currently being paid is more towards the lower end of what they should be paid. A lot of people will worry or think a lot around where can I pitch myself? And sometimes that can create a barrier to them actually getting in and starting to get that job search off to a good start. So the best way to figure out how to pitch yourself is to do a little bit of research. So look at other companies within your industry and what are they paying the the same job titles or similar job titles to 
to what you're doing, look at across industries, look at different companies across different industries and see what they're paying, see what the differences are between the roles and responsibilities and see what really compares to yours. And then you'll be able to make a judgment. For example, one of my clients who was a business analyst, she didn't want to go for a promotion. She was actually quite happy doing what she was doing, but she wanted a pay rise. And in the company that she was at the top of the salary banding, what we did was we had a look to see what other industries are similar, what other industries would she like to work in, what are they paying, business analysts. She ended up getting a, a 10K pay rise. She went from 46 to 56K and actually had less responsibility than she did in a current role. It's really possible to get a pay rise. And also, if you're looking to reduce the amount of responsibility that you have, this is a great time to be able to do that research and see what are other companies in other industries paying their people doing similar jobs to you. And that's the first place to start. And in terms of salary not being listed on job ads, this is one of our huge bugbears, isn't it? Because this can be a massive waste of time for people if you apply and then they say, oh, we can't pay you that much or that's not in our budget. It's like just add it to the advert. But a lot of the time, they won't. So I think the key thing is if the salary isn't listed on the job description or on the job ad, then you need to get in touch with them and ask them what is the salary, what salary banding uh, is attached to this is attached to this role. And obviously, if your salary is is out or the salary that you want is outside of that, then you can just simply ask them the question for the right candidate: Would you pay? Um, X amount and ask them the question and if they say at that point no we can't sorry because it's outside of our budget then you know then that there's absolutely no point in you applying for that role and going through the process because last year we did see quite a few offers fall through because of people trying to negotiate at the point of offer rather than pre-qualifying those key non-negotiables at the start. Yeah, and we've got a whole episode on how to pre-qualify when you're in job search mode. So if you are wanting a bit more guidance on how can you do that, then go back to that episode and we'll link to it in the show notes. And so our final area then that we'd picked out was quick tips for using your network. So we see time and time again that people struggle to know how can I use my network effectively to get my next role? And yet we also consistently see, particularly as people get more senior, that more opportunities come from your network than come from job boards or recruiters. So if this is something where you've heard about this talk about the hidden jobs market or people getting jobs because they use their network, or maybe you've been frustrated because someone who was less capable than you has got more opportunities than you, then that's probably where this has come about. So what would you say to people about using their network as part of their positioning for jobs? So the thing with networking, like one of the key things that that comes up a lot is that people, as soon as you start talking about networking, people instantly say, I haven't got a network. I've not, I don't know how to network. And it's my absolute worst nightmare to go to a networking event. Like I'm just not going to do that. So it's okay. Networking, when we're talking about networking for your job search, isn't necessarily going to those big events 
chats. It isn't spending hours a day having coffee chats with people. It is literally thinking about who is in your network right now. If you've ever had one job in your whole life, then you've got a network because you'll have worked with a whole number of people within that role. And we, within the, um, as part of the pre-session work for the workshops, we ask people to do what we call a career map where they go back through each role that they've ever had and they think of all of the key elements the achievements the people that have been influential and things like that so what you can do is you can do the same exercise you can do the career map and exercise and you can go back through every role that you've ever had and think about who worked for me who did I work for who were my peers who maybe you had suppliers key stakeholders like who were all of those people write them down and then go over to LinkedIn and start connecting with them. And then once you've connected with them, it's a simple case of dropping them a message, finding out what they're up to. And there you have it. You've started your conversation. And from one job, you could have a network of at least eight to 10 people that you've worked with, that you've worked for. You don't know where those people are now, especially if it's been some time since you were last in that role. Those people could have moved on, could have been promoted, could be responsible for recruitment. You don't know where those people are up to. So most people will think straight away, I've not got a network. But actually, if you think about it from that perspective, you've got a really great network. You just need to reconnect with those people. And I think people often feel like they haven't got a network because they haven't consciously built those relationships throughout their career. And so then they feel awkward at this idea of going and asking somebody for something or trying to connect and it's a hidden agenda and it can feel a bit icky. And the reality is we would advocate doing more of this generally throughout your career. But if you have a need to find a new role, then some of these things can be really quite simple and incredibly effective. We hear examples of it when we talk in the workshops about it. We had one last week, didn't we, where somebody talked about a previous redundancy that they'd experienced and they were talking to someone outside pets at home, talked about the fact that they were being made redundant. The person says, oh, what is it that you do? Describes it. Oh, actually, we're looking where I work. We're looking for something like that. So being open to having those conversations and just talking about this is the situation that I'm in. I'm looking for something like this. When you just are open and talk to people about this is what I want, then people will sometimes remember that. They will come across things. I've shared vacancies relatively recently with somebody that I knew was looking for a new role. And I saw something come up within the next couple of days on LinkedIn. And because I knew what role they wanted, what geography they wanted, I was then able to share those It is amazing how simple, small things can create opportunities. And I think people often write it off because they feel that sense of awkwardness. But it can also be incredible opportunities that come from it. And sometimes you just got to get over yourself with it. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually, because as we know, when you're setting up jobs on job boards, if you don't check the right boxes, if you don't have the right keywords, if you've got a weird and wonderful job title, then those jobs are not necessarily easy to find. 
on those job boards. Whereas if you're speaking to people and they know what you're looking for, when companies are posting on their pages, when recruiters are posting on their personal profiles and saying, we're looking for this kind of person, does anybody know anybody that's looking for this role? Then if you've had that conversation, if you've told them what you're looking for, then chances are they're going to just whiz that link over to you, aren't they? And that could easily be a job that you've missed on a job board that you've then heard about through your network. And the other thing I say with this, when I was recruiting in-house, we used to have a company scheme where we would pay, I think it was 500 quid, if somebody referred someone for a, a live vacancy. And it was cheaper than using recruiters, but it also typically gave us a better caliber of candidate because the people that were coming through as applying were people where someone would say, oh, I know this person, they could definitely do that role. So straight away, they go to the top of the pile when you were sifting because someone had brought that to your attention. And so I think a really simple thing that you can do is sometimes if you've seen a vacancy, just have a look on LinkedIn and see if you're connected with somebody. Like you said, people that you worked with years ago that could now be working there. And if you drop them a message and ask that question of, I've seen a vacancy at whatever the company name is, do you have a referral scheme? Would you like to be the person to, you know, named as the person that's referred me? then potentially you strike that conversation back up, but also you then become someone who's been referred for that vacancy rather than just a candidate in amongst the the rest. And that person gets the opportunity to get a thank you payment and you get to be more prominent in terms of how you're likely to be seen and perceived by that in-house recruitment team. So simple things like that can be a real win and allow people to get put forward and get noticed for vacancies that and, and make it a bit less competitive sometimes for you to get through to that next stage. Yeah, definitely. I think if somebody can refer you in, then that is definitely going to help you in that recruitment process. So yeah, so the more conversations that you can have, the easier your job search and the building of your network or the nurturing of your network is going to be. So we've kept that fairly short and sweet this week because we just wanted to share those while they were top of mind from the workshops we've been running. If you are at risk of redundancy or you have um, teams in your business that are potentially at risk of redundancy, then you can get in touch with us to ask about either the workshops or one-to-one support for people um, who need that outplacement support. You can follow our Catalyst Careers page on LinkedIn and the Um, link to that is in the show notes and yeah do if you want us to cover other topics on future episodes then do feel free as ever to drop us a message so thanks for listening and we will catch you next time